0: Praise the Lord, Grace Church. I said praise the Lord, Grace Church. Is anybody glad to be in the house of God today? Can we just stand up today and give God some praise? Can we clap our hands? Have you come to praise the Lord this morning?
1: our kids our preteens and our youth very seriously we believe that we are commissioned by God to teach them the biblical truths of of his word our Sunday school department never wastes a service on playtime we strive to teach our kids the Word of God that they may grow thereby at each grade level we focus on one God repentance Holy Ghost baptism and discipleship if you were to meet our teachers this morning, hopefully you've met most of them. They are passionate and called to be in their positions. We pray that we do what we do here is supplements what they already get at home and hopefully our kids are learning to love to be in church in the presence of God and they are learning to be servants in his kingdom. Hopefully they're learning that every time the doors are open that it is more important to be faithful. To the house of God than to be faithful to sports and school and anything else that can go on. I'm so excited today to announce that starting March 1st, we are going to return to 10 a.m. Sunday School. I think our kids have missed it. I know our visitors have missed it, and we're excited to return to a little bit of normalcy around here. Thank you, Pastor, for that opportunity. Um, let's show them that seeking first the kingdom of God is and His righteousness is what this is all about. So that's all I have today.
2: Well, Grace Church, how does it feel to to be getting some momentum back, to kind of be getting back on track, getting back on our normal schedule? Isn't that exciting? I I'm just glad to be yes. to be back to some sort of normal. Amen. One more time, I'm going to give you just an opportunity. I, I love I love what the praise team does every Sunday, taking us into his presence. At, at the, at, at a at fundamental level, we're here to praise God together. We're here to lift him up. And so I'm going to give you one more chance to do that before we change the order of the service. I want to remind you, this struck me this weekend, uh, looking through the Psalms. The, the, the psalmist said in 107, he said... Oh, that men would give thanks. Oh, that people would give thanks to the Lord. And that's a good call. That's a good charge. That's a good idea. But what follows, he gives two really good reasons why we should give thanks to God. He says, for his goodness. How many have experienced the goodness of God? And for his wonderful works. And I think that's two fantastic reasons to lift Jesus up. For his goodness and for his wonderful works. Has anyone experienced that here today? If so, would you clap your hands and lift your voice by way of entering into his gates with praise today? Jesus, I magnify you for your goodness. I magnify you for your works. Lord, you've been good to me. You've been good to my family. You've been good to my church. You've been good, Lord, to my community. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. And we're going to give you an opportunity to do that again. The praise team is going to come right back after just a couple of announcements. I do want to welcome everybody here today, those joining on Facebook Live and live stream, We are so glad that you've chosen to be a part of the service today. As always, you can give online. You can also give on your way out in Grand Central uh, there in, in the offering box. And so we appreciate your faithfulness to giving to Grace Church. Tomorrow night, we continue with United Family Prayer at 714 in your home with your family. Please be faithful to that. Put that on your calendar. Be a part of it. And then again, Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock right here in the sanctuary. If you are available, if your schedule allows, we'd love to see you here on Tuesday morning for prayer at 10 o'clock. And then very important, if if you had planned to, to order chocolate-covered strawberries for your Valentine. And help support Sheaves for Christ and the effort our youth group is doing uh, to, to raise money for Sheaves for Christ. Today is your deadline. If you have effectively put it off all of this time, I'm sounding a wake-up call. This is an alarm. You need to have that order in today. And so you can you can uh, sign up at Grand Central there or you can go online. And there's also instructions out in the lobby of how you can do that online if you need some help along that along those lines. So please order your chocolate covered strawberries today. Those who've got to that order's got to be in today. And then finally, mark your calendars for Friday, February the twenty sixth for an evening or a night of worship with special guest worship leader Tim LeBlanc from the Pentecostals of Alexandria. Uh, Sister Casey made a tremendous presentation last Sunday. Let me let me just remind you if, if you weren't here to hear that, this is going to be an evening to enter into God's presence collectively. We're, we're not going to have preaching as such that night, but neither is it a concert. It is a gathering of like-minded people who want to seek the face of God and be in His presence. And we're expecting God to do great things that evening. Amen. Amen. And I'm just going to tell you, mark your calendar, and, and if you have a need in your life, If you know somebody that has a need, you need to be here. You need to get that person here because we're going to see miracles. We're going to see God do some things. He's going to answer some prayers. We're going to see a tremendous move of God that night. So we want everybody to come. We want you to bring a friend and be mindful of that. Before the praise team comes to lead us back in worship, let's pray together and ask God to have his preeminence here today. Jesus, we thank you for your presence that we already feel. I thank you, Lord, that we're here gathered today. And and while we, we look forward to the events that are yet to come, we want to take advantage of the moment we have today, now, in this place. And so before we leave, I pray you would just catch us up into your presence. Let your word find a lodging place in our hearts. And I pray we would be moved closer to you and further into your kingdom. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Clap your hands one more time. The praise team is coming.
0: may be darkest your light is greater you light our way God you light our way evil is rising you're rising higher with power to save with power to save you keep hope alive you keep hope alive Never, never fails. keep hope alive because you are alive, Jesus. You are alive. Death had a stronghold, but your life was stronger. Rose from In the breaking hope, in the sorrow hope, for this moment my hope, for tomorrow is hope. In the morning hope, in the evening hope, because you're living hope, because you're breathing, there's hope in the breaking hope. i
3: Hallelujah! Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Along with, along with Brother Dave, we welcome everybody. We welcome everybody here today. Great to see you all on campus, especially our guests. We welcome you today, and we're so thankful for your being here. And uh, we anticipate that your trip here today is going to be worthwhile. I feel like it's already been amazing. Here at Grace Church, the worship, the singing, the exaltation of Jesus has just simply been amazing. Thank the Lord. And I'm, along with Sister Farrah, I'm pumped about resuming Sunday school the first Sunday in March. I think that's going to be amazing. And uh, we're very excited about that. And uh, we'll have a little more to say about that as it gets a little bit closer. Thank the Lord. Again, thank you all for being here. Live stream, Facebook live those of you watching thank you so very much for that let's go to the word of God today Luke chapter 23 beginning with verse 39 the Bible said and one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him saying if thou be the Christ save thyself and us But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Does not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward for our deeds. But this man, Jesus, has done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me. Everybody say, remember me. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. It was about the sixth hour, and there was a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour, and the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst, and and when Jesus cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit, and having said thus, he gave up the ghost. I want to draw your attention to the prayer of one of the malefactors, one of the criminals, a sinner. When he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me. I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning. I want to title just this just simply the Remember Me Prayer. The Remember Me Prayer. Unusual title, maybe a little bit of an unusual sermon, but I come today again to cast a very broad net. I'm reaching for everybody in this building today, and I will ask for your kindness in lending me your ear to hear what thus saith the word of God. Everybody say, thank the Lord for the word. Thank you for standing in your patience. You may be seated. I want to begin today with a question. Has anybody here ever forgotten your parents' birthday? There's no one moving. Let me make it even more difficult for you. Has anybody ever forgotten your spouse's birthday? I think somebody just raised their hand and they shot it down real quick. Just I forgot God, wasn't supposed to acknowledge that. About Valentine's Day, we're making a big push for some chocolate-covered stra- uh, strawberries. We're trying to help you in this department. Remember, with a good gift idea that goes for a great, amazing purpose. I have forgotten all of these things on occasion. Have you ever forgotten about dinner plans with someone special? Let me ask you this question. Have you ever looked at old pictures and were reminded of people and places that you had forgotten? I've looked at old pictures pictures with me in it and didn't remember. (laughs) Maybe some of you can share my agony along that line. One of my greatest fears, I've shared this with several people... And growing up in the area where I now pastor is the things people remember about me that I don't. That scares me more than anything else. And I have been accused of things that I don't remember doing, so I still say I'm right. Stephen Carpenter said one time, People always talk about how hard it can be to remember things where they left their keys or the name of an acquaintance. But no one ever talks about how much effort we put into forgetting. I am exhausted, he said, from the effort to forget. There are things that have to be forgotten if you want to go on living. In principle, I agree with Mr. Carpenter. I don't know him. I've never met him. It's just a nice quote. But I think sometimes as... Christian people, we too easily forget what goes into making a Christian life successful, wholesome, complete. Talked about that last Sunday. Let me continue to move on. Somebody named Anonymous... It's an interesting name for somebody, and I've seen a lot of quotes that were written by somebody named Anonymous. It's I wonder if it's the same person, or just a bunch of people named. Uh, we'll move on. The worst feeling is not being alone, this person said, but being forgotten by someone you would never forget. Very valid statement. And finally, Trent Thomas said, the only guarantee in life is death. But the only thing worse than death itself is being forgotten. Nehemiah said in Nehemiah chapter 13 verse 14, he said, Remember me, O my God, concerning this. And wipe not out my good deeds that I have done for the house of my God. And for the offices thereof. I will confess to you today I have prayed that prayer and I've read that verse numerous times through the years. Where against the backdrop of all the messes I've made and the confusion I've caused. I've asked God if you could just remember and don't wipe out the good things maybe we've contributed from time to time. The psalmist said in Psalm 106, verse 4, Remember me, O Lord, with the favor that Thou bearest unto Thy people. O visit me, he said, with Thy salvation. The remember me prayer has to be one of the most heartfelt, sincere, and misunderstood prayers that's ever been prayed in the Bible. In the Bible, it's been prayed at least 12 times. Today, we'll look at three of those prayers that were prayed by somebody that wanted to make sure God would not forget them, that God would remember their existence. I do believe in one sense of the word that this request made by different people at least 12 times in the Bible is somewhat of an oxymoron. If and when, listen to Pastor, I want everybody to listen. If and when people make this request, what is it exactly do they want God to remember about them? The obvious answer is that the person is asking God to remember them in relationship to their current plight against the backdrop of a particular time in their life when their performance in the work of God was at a peak. Does everybody understand that? It's a lengthy statement. I hope you understand it. It's on the screen. So to jump into this presentation today, I would like to begin, I'm going to use three remember me prayers prayed by people in the Bible, and probably as far as I'm concerned the most most prolific of the twelve is the top three that I'll present to you here today. Let me begin today with Samson. Maybe there's people here today that could relate a little bit to Samson's prayer. He said in Judges 16, 28, Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me. Now you have to put yourself in his place if that's even possible. He's been captured by the Philistines through a very shrewd act of betrayal via a woman he thought maybe had genuine genuine feelings for him that That woman was a Philistine. And then the Philistines took him and held him down and burned his eyes out and then tied him to a millstone. It's a a big stone tied to a long branch or piece of wood. And you just walk around in a circle grinding corn into powder. They usually use a horse or a donkey for this Or an ox for this purpose. But today they're using Samson. They're making fun of him. They're reculing him. Come on strong men. Grind up that corn. And I can't imagine the pain. That is just surging. Searing the very nerve ends of where his eyeballs once were. And they finally deliver him from that burden. And take him over. And prop him up. Led by a child. And prop him up between two pillars of the temple. And it is here that he makes one of those columns an altar. And says, Lord, remember me. I pray thee and strengthen me, I pray thee. Only this once. Give me one more shot. That I might be at once avenged of the Philistines. For my two eyes, who burned out my eyes. Samson prayed the remember me prayer with a very bizarre basis to it. A very bizarre motivation. He wanted God to remember him so he could be avenged of his enemies who put out his eyes. And the strange thing about this prayer is that God answered it I find it interesting and this is what I want everybody to hear today especially people here today that kind of on the fringe area of Christianity and kind of playing games with God a little bit when you get in trouble this is the first prayer you're gonna pray God will you remember me but this is what Samson did not include in his prayer and probably Neither will you. I find it interesting that Samson did not mention his across-the-board failure pertaining to his inability to do totally what God had called him and gifted him to do. It's just amazing to me that while Samson is praying so desperate, desperate, He can't even cry tears. I want everybody to understand that. I can't drive this point home enough. I've never seen a man so desperate in my life. I've pictured this a million times in my mind, even growing up as a child, at what that moment must have been like for Samson. So as desperate as he was, as angry as he was, as hurting as he was, and as badly as he needed God at that moment, he conveniently left, he summarily left out the huge content of failure in doing what God had asked him to do. I don't mean to uh, just totally slaughter this whole environment we have going on, but I have a message to preach here today and it's not going to end like this. My question is, did God strengthen him just because God was being compassionate towards Samson? Or was it because God wanted the Philistines destroyed anyway? In other words, did God remember Samson because of Samson or because he ultimately used Samson to accomplish what he wanted accomplished in spite of Samson's failure? The point being that Samson... This is what everybody needs to remember about the Remember Me prayer. Everybody needs to remember this. The point being that Samson could not believe that God was honoring him because he was a great man. But neither could he believe that God was withholding a response from him because of his failure. So again, could it be the only reason God responded was because he wanted the Philistines destroyed anyway? Samson prayed based on a tragic moment from his past that was inflicted on him by his enemy. That was his basis for that prayer. All of us could see that Samson's prayer did not include repentance for failing God, but revenge on his enemies for what they had done to him. And if you pray, and when you pray, the remember me prayer in an effort to reconnect with God, are you asking God to completely overlook your past and give you one last moment of greatness? Regardless of who Samson was or wasn't, regardless of his giftedness or not, not, regardless of his failure or success, God honored him and answered his prayer, knowing that it would be Samson's last prayer to ever pray. So as heartfelt and amazing, phenomenal as this prayer was, and just as amazing, heartfelt, phenomenal as it was for God to answer it, God knew that if He answered this prayer, that Samson would never be able to say another prayer again. So let me ask you, Samson, when you prayed that prayer, did you realize that it would be your last? Somebody has put me on a text string and my iPad keeps showing these texts. If that could wait till after church, I'd appreciate it. It's really distracting. The second person that prayed the remember me prayer was a beautiful lady that we all know today, and her name was Hannah. In First Samuel chapter one, verse eleven, and she vowed a vow and said, "O Lord of hosts." if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid but will give unto thine handmaid a man child that I will give him unto the Lord for all the days of his life and there shall no razor come upon his head. I wish I had time to go into all of these in detail. But I want you to notice Hannah's remember me prayer. Hannah of the Old Testament was one of two wives to her husband. The other wife had borne sons to her husband. Hannah on the other hand could not have children. Her husband went to Shiloh every year to sacrifice to the Lord. And he would offer a sacrifice for his one wife and for her children. But the Bible said that for Hannah He would also offer a worthy portion for her because He loved her more. When Hannah went to sacrifice, her Remember Me prayer was not based on some tragic failure of the past, but based on what she could give Israel in reference to its glorious future where Samson prayed based on the failure of his past, Hannah prayed, remember me, based strictly on not her future, but for the future of Israel as God would have it. I believe today with all of my heart that grace is beginning more and more to rebound. We've said this over and over. Grace Church is making a comeback. And I'm going to be very honest with you today. I feel like what I felt here this morning and last Sunday and the one before that one, there's a quality in this church that I've not felt before. I just feel like we're all maybe a little bit better because of the things that have happened in the past. And there's something that has been welling up on the inside of me. I had several moments at home this week where I just closed my office door And just had a moment with God. And there's, there's, I have some Samson in me that I feel sometimes my life is full of failure. But I don't ask God, I've never asked God to give me power because I have all these enemies that's done horrible things to me. I don't go there. But in preparation for this message, I did pray this week. I had moments with God this week that were special and timely. But I want to give birth to something else. I want something to be born in my own personal ministry, in my own personal life that's that I've never had before. And I want to be more determined to birth a revival in this church, to birth growth in this church, to grow miracles in this church. Not for my benefit. I'll go through the pain of birthing it. I'll go through the pain of giving in life, but once it's born, it belongs to God, and God can use it for whatever purpose he may desire. I feel that today with all of my heart. I want to call on all of our leadership team today to do the same. I'm asking every serve team member, every serve team leader to start praying today. To get up in this altar today and start praying that God, there may be a lot of failures in my life. There may be a lot of hurt and there may be a lot of discouragement what have you. But God, I want to give birth to something for the kingdom. Not for my glory, not even for my sake, but for the sake of the people of God. Thank you, Heather, for standing to your feet on that point. Because she's taken it a step further than all of us are. She's been working hard to raise money to go back to Finland, and she'll be leaving in a couple of months. And I kind of dread it when she goes, and I look forward to it when she comes back. But here's a young lady that's determined. God has birthed something, has used her to birth something for a people across the big pond, across the ocean in a foreign country, and she doesn't do it for her own glory and self-edification. I just want to go to another part of this planet where I believe people need God and I have something on the inside of me that if it's born while I'm there, it's not going to help me, but it's going to change their life. Is anybody on board with me here today? gotta keep going finally today we come to our text I can study Samson's life and understand with some clarity his prayer and I can do the same with Hannah but the thief on the cross is very puzzling to me when he said Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Against the backdrop of what I've just presented to you, I I have a hard time understanding that prayer. I I just can't quite get my head around it. I'm not overanalyzing scripture. I don't understand it. I feel very confident today to stand before all of you and say, that he did not want to be remembered based on his past or his past deeds. If anything, God, if you could forget that, I think in his place I'd be asking God to forget a little bit more than I'd be asking God to remember. The other part of his prayer it's similar to Samson but I don't think Samson realized it quite to the degree that this man did not only would it be just really stupid to say God remember me when there's no good point in your life to remember but then like totally unlike Hannah It's obvious in this man's present condition that he would have nothing to contribute to the future. He's about to be dead in a few minutes or a few hours and that life's over with. So based on what credentials would he pray, remember me. If he had any gift or any calling, It had been used for the destruction and humiliation of the lives of other people. He no doubt murdered people and robbed from people, stole from people, humiliated people, embarrassed people, took things from them that wasn't his and made them his. He was an evil man. He would probably be the kind of man that only a mother could love. And in the eyes of most, his life, even according to our illustrious American standards, in the eyes of most, probably his life had been a total waste anyway. And he was condemned to die with nothing to offer for the future, and that's probably a good thing. But it's interesting to me that he makes his prayer twofold. This is an interesting prayer and I hope you give it some thought today. He's not only asking to be remembered by Jesus, but he's asking that Jesus remember him when Jesus goes into his kingdom. It's twofold here. What do you want Jesus to do for you, man? I mean, where are you coming from with this? Why why what what is what is it that's that's got your attention all of a sudden? You're at death's door. You're 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 about to kiss death on the mouth and all of a sudden you're wanting to buddy up with Jesus. And you not only want Jesus to remember you when he dies, but there's some knowledge or understanding or revelation that you've received that Jesus is going to an eternal abode somewhere that you would like to go even though you've done nothing to contribute to that. So you want Jesus to remember you as he's dying and then when Jesus awakes in that heavenly abode somewhere... You want him to remember you there too? I believe what made the difference in this man's prayer is that one moment, that one brief moment, probably a matter of just seconds, not minutes, not hours, seconds. That moment of truthfulness, honesty, and sincerity when he began giving the other thief, and I want everybody to try to imagine the pain factor this man is in. His hands and feet have been nailed to a cross. I can't even relate to that. But in the midst of all of that, through his conviction that he's feeling that spirit coming off of the man in the middle, that, that vibe, if you will, that he's feeling from the man in the middle. He looks over at the other thief and he said, you listen to me, dude. You're cursing and railing on Jesus and wanting him to save us from this cross. But what you're missing is we're getting what we deserve. Yeah, There's a moment there of honesty that you can't put value to that there, there's no value there. There's, you, you can't give a monetary value to that You can't. How, how do you weigh a statement like that that we're getting what we deserve he's, he's the totality of honesty I mean this guy's not calling out for his mama he's not calling out for his daddy he's not calling for an attorney he's not making excuses he's not blaming anybody else he ain't on Dr. Phil saying it's my mom and daddy's fault that I'm up he ain't doing that I did what I did. And I'm getting the I'm getting the punishment for it. I, I need to be here. This is where I'm supposed to be. But the man in the middle, no. And when Jesus hears a prayer like of all the things Jesus said on the cross that are noteworthy and prophetical and and he's bringing prophecy to pass through this whole thing and it's, it's multifaceted and through all of this stuff going on the cross and the pain he was in and his back beating and he's nailed to a cross and he's got that tormenting and debilitating crown of thorns on his head and he, he can't move his head because it hurts against that back part of the cross and, he has to push up with his feet to breathe and the pain is unbelievable and his body weight falls back on the nails in his hands and, 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 and on and on the story goes but somehow another that prayer that remember me prayer maybe I failed to mention that Hannah got her prayer answered too. She gave birth to a little boy named Samuel who turned the kingdom of Israel on its head back in those days but this man Jesus musters up enough energy to kind of glance over between the sweat and the tears and the blood running down his eyes and said, you know what, men? I'll see you today with me in paradise To admit my failure and my mistakes while at the same time acknowledging the purity and righteousness of Christ, the greatness of Christ is really all he needs to hear. Bottom line, the man was saying that I've just messed up my my whole life has been a whole just a mess. Casey says sometimes it's a hot mess, it's just been a mess. Maybe the guy has been to counseling and to therapy. He's been to doctors. He's been to psychologists. He's been to psychiatrists. He's been to counselors. He's maybe been to a life coach. Maybe I don't know where all he went. Maybe he took drugs back in those days, whatever that was. And Maybe he took herbs and, and all of that and vitamins and all that. Trying, 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 trying to, to change his ways. I hope somebody's hearing me. I'm giving this all I've got. I'm feeling physically weak at the moment, but I'm giving it all I've got, and I'm determined to finish. the man's life was just messed up and he admits it but in the same breath says God you're absolutely amazing and you're the only hope I have in this world I want somebody to know here today you can pray the remember me prayer but this is probably the better one to choose depending on where you are in your lot in life right now, is to just be honest about yourself. and Don't be a martyr. Don't blame people. Just be honest. I'm messed up. I mess up all the time. I do. But in the same breath, he begins to glorify Jesus in a way. Jesus couldn't turn a deaf ear to that and he wouldn't turn a deaf ear to you either no matter how far you've gone and how close you are to whatever you think you're getting close to this man was minutes maybe a few hours from dying I'll remind you there was nothing in his life that he really wanted Jesus to remember I promise you that but then there was nothing he could Tribute to the future, either. None of that mattered to Jesus. It's how the man responded, it's how he prayed, it's where his heart was, it's where his mind was when he said, Remember me. I had to find it on YouTube be honest with you, I've never really been that big of a fan of Dottie Rambo, and Sister Murphy knows that. Others know it. But I have to give her credit. She was one amazing songwriter. Probably one of the best that's ever lived. I got in bed the other night and was rehearsing this sermon in my mind over and over and over. And the old, old song, probably some of you here today won't even know it. The words are something like this. She said, She wrote, Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. For it was grace that brought me liberty. I do not know just why He came to love me so, but He looked beyond my father. So she said and i shall forever lift mine eyes to calvary to view the cross where jesus died for me how marvelous how marvelous the grace that caught my falling soul he looked beyond my faults." That's what he did for me. And that's what he does for everybody in this building. Doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, or what you've done. If you could just be honest and admit that I am in the need of the grace and mercy of God right now. I just need him. My family needs him. My marriage needs him. My kids needs him. God, if you could just remember one thing about me remember my need of you would you stand with me today if you don't mind I've not been able to move this message out of my head for several days but another song came to mind if you don't mind i'll share that one with you i'm gonna be real honest i just wish somebody in this praise team would just feel the urge once in a while to sing some of this it just wouldn't hurt but richard smallwood wrote a song probably none of you've really heard of this man but you sure do know the person that sang it and if you don't know this person you've had your head in the sand somewhere her name is whitney houston she sang the song during the film of a film called The Preacher's Wife. I've listened to it ten thousand times and I never weary of it. But the words are this I'm no Whitney Houston, so I won't even attempt to sing it. But this is what I'm hearing the thief on the cross say. This is my interpretation. He looked beyond my faults and saw my need. Dottie wrote Whitney saying, I love the Lord He heard my cry And he pitied every groan Long as I live And troubles rise I'll hasten I'll hasten this is my altar call right now she said I love the Lord I surely do I surely do love the Lord he heard he heard my cry and pitied every groan if you've ever heard the song yes he did every groan and long as I live long as I as I live and troubles rise when troubles rise he's saying I'll hasten to his throne I'll hasten I'll hasten to his throne I can hear those words in the prayer of the thief I have no other hope I have no other place to go. there's nobody that can help me like Jesus can there's nobody that can come to my rescue like Jesus can nobody can answer my prayer like he can He loves me like He does. The praise team sang a song this morning. I don't guess I've heard it. But He's our hope for everything. He's our hope. Because He lives, they say. Because He breathes. remember me, not for what I did or didn't do, but just because I need you so bad. I need you so bad right now. I need you so desperate.
0: It is like the darkest, but your light is greater hey, her. Why don't you hold lift your hands heavenward? Because you're not you want you are like not, but she the you hands, dream of- Let's You breathe me